Fran fam, what's going on? Listen, before we start this podcast episode, I have a very, very small favor to ask of each and every single one of you guys. I appreciate the support that all of you have been showing for the podcast up until this point, but we want to try and get these episodes out to as many people as possible. And how we do that on the audio side is by leaving a review and dropping a five-star rating. So if you've been a consistent listener of the pod, please, before we get this episode started, it only takes a couple of seconds, leave a review. It could be a two-word, three-word, four-word review or just leave a rating do something to get the word out so that we can get the marvin francois show to more listeners moving forward outside of that love you guys appreciate the support but without further ado let's get into this episode if i'm booking and i'm paying rent for 30 out of 30 days in the month but i'm only renting it out on weekends what happens during those weekdays Mm -hmm. right so the essential play is you want to get a church in there you want to get a daycare center in there you want to get fitness trainers in there you want to get dance classes in there you want to get camps in there you want to get schools in there because think about it like this i had a dance class paying me 450 dollars a week to use my space two times a week i had a church paying me 1800 dollars a month to only use my space every single sunday i had another church paying me 400 dollars every single sunday Mm -hmm. i had a Another church paying me $350 every single Sunday. Mm-hmm. So think about it like this. This person, this extra vendor can literally be offsetting your rent by anywhere from 33 to 50% mm-hmm. just by using your space during the time that you're not utilizing it. So that camp, we welcome you with open arms because mm-hmm. you're going to pay half my rent. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Marvin Francois Show, your number one source for all things business, finance, and investing. And today is a very special day because our guest today, to some, he's known as the event space goat. To others, he's known as Billionaire B. I'm here with the one, the only, my guy, Brian Waldron. What's going on, bro? Yo, what's going on, y'all? Listen. How we living? We living lovely. We live in lavish, and I'm extremely excited to have you on, bro. How's everything been? Yo, everything, if I was telling you it was bad, I'd be telling a lie, bro. Mm. It's okay. smooth over here, bro. I love I'm it. Cat. I love it. I see the business is booming. The online presence is growing. You're doing good things, my brother. You're I'm doing trying my best, bro. Listen, I'm extremely excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, like I said before, the event space, go. this is a, a space that I've always wanted to touch on on the Marvin Francois show, and I said, there can only be one person I can let come on here respectfully and give game. On top of game, gems on top of gems uh, on this, and it was you, bro. So I'm extremely excited to have you on. But I'm humbled. Bef- before we get started, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about you, right? For those who don't know, let the people know who you are, where you're from, what you do, and how you got your start. Absolutely, yo, you already know what it is. The kid billionaire B, aka Brian Waldron, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Shout out New York in the building. Come you on, already now. know what it Come is, on. man. I've been in the event space game for about four years. Been having been blessed and highly favored to have literally the top event space company in new york right now mm. so i'm just i'm just happy to to share the game and give it away for free most definitely bro most definitely so let's let's talk a little bit about that right everybody's journey into entrepreneurship is a little bit different right talk a little bit about what led you into entrepreneurship which eventually of course brought you into this uh event space game talk Absolutely. A little bit about that. yeah yeah so i went to college had a 2.8 gpa that clearly was not it for me right like, respectfully just mm-hmm. you know had to finish it for the family my family comes from you know they're foreign they just really were just pushing education so i'm just like All right, i'm gonna do it for y'all didn't do too well in school got a 2.8 gpa got my first job as a server at an italian restaurant literally working behind a bar got fired from that Got another job at another Italian restaurant, got fired from that. Got another job at another Italian restaurant, got fired (laughs) from that. I just, I never really did well with management. I guess you could call it insubordination. Okay. And eventually, when I was on that server job, you know, we was moving back to Queens and my mom had a smaller location. It wasn't like a full-fledged business or nothing like that. Um, But I was just like, hey, look, listen, you know, while you're working on the house, let me come out and help you. 
Uh, let me come out and do the open house or whatever. And I'm seeing people literally pay six to $800 for a couple hours at a spot. Mm. And I'm just like, interesting. <laughs> so I'm just like, ah, you know what? I can do this and I can do this at a massive scale. Cause I always had that entrepreneurship. Like I'm just, everybody knows the story selling candy in high school. Mm -hmm. I went from selling candy, selling sneakers, like every entrepreneur got that too. Right. right. So then I saved up $30,000 for my server job and I got my first space, use my own money. Right. Cause I didn't know nothing about credit or funding until about 2020, about 2018. Mm -hmm. So got my first space, literally put my entire life savings into that spot. Didn't make no money for like the first two months. Third month, I started to get a lot more experimental with marketing, Instagram. I started learning about Facebook ads and I made $15,000. Mm. At that point, I'm just like, yo, this is this is real. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy because people are literally paying thousands of dollars just to rent an empty box. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait, hold on, my mind start working like crap, like clockwork. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, all right, cool. I do one more, two of these, carry the one. All right, cool. I can make $100,000. Boom. Mm -hmm. Made $15,000 that month, scaled it up to $20,000, got my second event space. Now, this is when I started to experiment a little bit with credit. I always had good credit because what I did was I had my mom put me as an authorized user on her Chase credit card. Gotcha. That's just like for anybody who has um, issues with payment history. That's one of the five factors of credit. I know you're a credit come guru, on, on. so you know about that. Um, if you ever have issues with having a length of credit history, you can have somebody put you as an authorized user. <clears throat> so had my mom do that, fortunately, and I applied for a Chase Income Limited credit card, 0% interest for 12 months, got a $25,000 credit limit, liquidated the credit card. Now, I know a lot of people kind of get stuck on the liquidation of credit, on the liquidation of credit portion, but there's tons of ways to do it. You know, some ethically, some not so ethically. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some frowned upon, some not so frowned upon. Fact, fact. But, you know, I mean, now they have the new website, Plastique.com, P-L-A-S-T-I-Q.com, where they'll literally liquidate the card, send you the money in a wire in 48 hours. So mm -hmm. that's a really, really dope one. Another one is you can literally buy Visa debit gift cards from what I'm, I'm just. This man is already giving you. Know? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I, I'm, go ahead, bro. Visa debit gift cards from CVS, Walgreens, or Dwayne re-liquidate those cards. You can, go to, you can go to Western Union or a MoneyGram. Mm -hmm. And these are all things that I've done, right? right. Uh, you can do a Western Union or MoneyGram. Uh, you can use a credit card to buy a money order, pay off the, the money orders, like, what, a dollar or something like that, and then just cash off on the money orders. But my favorite personal one is you find somebody with a seasoned Stripe account. Okay. So Stripe is a, is a merchant processor, mm -hmm. for those who don't know. And you can find somebody with a seasoned Stripe account. The reason I say seasoned is because if you try to do it with a brand-new Stripe account, it might shut you down, just like PayPal, right? Everybody hates PayPal respect. We don't, we, don't, we don't bang with PayPal. We don't really here. bang with PayPal over here. So now what you can do is you have somebody use a season Stripe account and the, it'll take a 2.9% fee, but you'll get your money in two days. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So those, that's like about four or five different ways you can take the money off. So I took the money off the credit card and I handed it over to the landlord. Now landlord asked for moving costs. Moving costs are typically one month rent, one month security. So now this particular location was about $3,000 for month rent. And anybody who, anybody honestly who talks about getting into event spaces, event spaces are so expensive. I did it in New York. Mm -hmm. So when people talk about expensive, we're living in one of the most expensive cities in the country. So fact. when I help other people get it in other cities, it's like a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the rents that they pay, and I'm just like, dude, I would take that 
every single day twice on Tuesdays mm -hmm. because I'm used to paying such like my cheapest rent ever was that three thousand dollars. After that, it was four thousand, forty four hundred, seventy three hundred, eighty five hundred for the same location, and we're still making profit off them. Why? Because there's a system to market these spaces so that you're just literally doing rental arbitrage. We can go on and on and on and on, but the thing <laughs> we can go on and on, but the thing about it is that you don't even have to. That's another thing. You don't even have to own the location. Okay. I've never, I've never owned the location until 2022 when I bought my second property. Okay. And I always leased because I never had the money. Because think about it like this. You can pay 20, 25% down payment on a commercial property, or you can hand over one to two months moving costs, one to two months rent, that same 3000 that's six to $9,000. Would you rather pay 20% of an entire building, and you know the prices in New York, or six to $9,000 for a property, right? So now when I did that, handed over the landlord a $9,000 check, and then we did something called a minimum viable product. So the minimum viable product is super, super simple because a lot of people come into the industry and they think they need to do everything. They need to build out and outfit the whole entire property. If you want to do that, that's cool. However, I believe in like minimum viable product where you're doing the bare minimum to outfit the space, pre-sell the location, and we can talk about that a little bit more in detail, pre-sell the location so the clientele that comes in comes and they pay the space. So like literally last night I was doing a class and I'm seeing my my cash app, boom, 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 made $4,500 an hour just off one open house. Imagine you do the same thing. You pre-sell your space. Now you take that $4,500 and you go and now you just bought new floors for your location. Now you just did new lighting, but you didn't have to come out of your own pocket. You picking up one point out? I'm picking up what you're putting out, but goddamn, bro. We, <laughs> the, the episode just got started. You're rocking and rolling. This is, okay, this is good. This is really, really good. <laughs> let's, <laughs> damn. Let's, we can unpack it. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, let's unpack it because, okay. Okay, let me set up. This man, okay, this man about to do this himself. <laughs> so, okay, you you let's let's rewind it a bit. You got into the event space location. Yeah. You kind of just started diving into a lot of the things that we're definitely gonna unpa unpack <laughs> in, in the episode. But uh, you kind of dived into it a little bit now. Talk about how many event spaces do you have right now? Right now we have two. Okay, so talk a bit about the numbers for those event spaces at this current moment in time. Yeah, absolutely. So the two combined does about forty to sixty thousand dollars a month. Okay, got you. So forty, sixty thousand, and that's gross. That's gross. So we uh, profit margins about forty percent. Got you, got you, got you, got you, got you. And the overhead is like what? What are you usually paying for just to like maintain the business? So for those, so in terms of overhead costs, we have our rent. Obviously, that's the biggest one. Okay. I, my model is a little bit different simply because, so I can talk about our model and I can talk about the model that I, I recommend people who are coming into the business, right? So I'm 100% hands off. And that's something that I advocate to a lot of people because mm -hmm. you can make this business very, very passive. I have not been to my event space locations in three months. Okay. Why? Because I'm always traveling. I'm doing different podcasts. I'm, you know, I was just in Dubai a couple of weeks ago. Like, I just don't have the time to, to, to dedicate that much time to my business, right? So I have a full-time manager. I have an open house attendant. I have a cleaner. Mm -hmm. I have a rental assistant that do all the moving furniture and things like that for me. But for somebody who's coming into the business, typically what the stack is, is that you'd obviously be the manager because you want to learn the business. Mm -hmm. You'd have a cleaner. You might have a VA to okay. handle all your day-to-day -day inquiries, your scheduling, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's basically it. Okay, got you. So hold Hold on, let, let, let's let me let me take a step back because we're gonna get into staffing. We got to talk about the the, the first the first phase of the business because we're talking about staffing. We're talking about numbers. Let's talk location, right? Absolutely. Because you know, for for someone who's interested in getting started in this business, you know, they hear you talking a lot about these numbers. We first got to find the the property in which we're going to be doing it. So talk a little bit about that. If I'm if I'm listening to this episode right now, 
how can I go about finding the first location for, you know, my potential events-based business? Absolutely. So these are, and I want to be very, very, I want to be very, very clear. These are the only websites I use. Okay. Only website. There's no secret sauce to it. There's no magical pill. There's no special buttons that I push. These are the only three websites that I use. I use Crexy.com. That's C-R-E-X-I.com. Okay. Loopnet.com. L-O-O-P-N-E-T.com. Mm -hmm. And I use Craigslist.com. Those are the only Craigslist? three Craigslist? Craigslist, 100%. Okay, got you. Because with Craigslist, you can filter by housing and commercial. Okay. Because like the same way that people find apartments, they can find commercial spaces. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, okay. And that's so, actually where I found my first few locations. Really? Absolutely. So Craigslist, LoopNet. And Craigslist. Craigslist. Yeah. Could you throw, I don't know, this might be a Hail Mary, because if Craigslist is in there, could you potentially find an event space on like a Facebook marketplace too, or is that a stretch? Um. Yeah, I don't I don't see why not. Okay. Because people do put apartments up there. Mm -hmm. But again, mo think about the avatar that uses Facebook marketplace. Mm -hmm. It's typically folks right consumers you're not going to see too many landlords or brokers on that they might throw one up there but I, I i foresee mostly apartments but it you can definitely check it out too okay gotcha gotcha sure. gotcha so craigsy loopnet craigslist and then from there how do we what should we be looking for in a potential location that we're looking to run our event space business for? absolutely so this is this is actually going to segue into something really really big that we have like coming up in the works Let's do but it. for on this currently real time today mm -hmm. um i ideally and this is just like my students are going to be a little upset Let's that I'm giving, <laughs> I'm giving this out. You're tomorrow, friend, you know what game. I'm saying? But literally what we do is we ideally, because the, the secret size for spaces is about ideally 60 to 120 people. Because think about it. How many weddings have you attended in the past year, right? right. Versus baby showers, birthday parties, wedding receptions, yeah. things that are a little bit more popular and have a higher level of volume. Mm -hmm. So we focus on that. We focus on the 80-20, right? The Pareto principle. So we focus on like who's having the 80% of events, mm -hmm. baby showers, kids parties, wedding receptions, birthday parties, 25, 50, whatever the case may be, right? right. And so what we notice is that ideally you want a space that's under 4,000 square feet. So when I'm on these websites, I'm filtering out my search. I only show me spaces up to 4,000 square feet. Okay. Now, you said something also very, very key before about like how the space should look, right? Right. We ideally only want spaces up to $25 per square foot per year. Okay. What right. Is, dive a little bit more into that. Why? Absolutely. Because the thing about it is that we don't like turnkey spaces. Ideally, I don't like turnkey spaces because if you come into a turnkey space, and for those who don't know what a turnkey space is, it's essentially when there's no work to be done, right? Okay. When you're going and flipping property, are you looking for the nicest house on the block or the ugliest house on the block? You want the ugliest house on the exactly. block. Exactly. Why? Because there's room to add value. Equity. If I don't want, if I get a space that's already built up that looks beautiful or whatever case may be, I can't negotiate. I can't get any rent and concession. I can't get any improvements. Mm -hmm. So I want to go and like, not to say that you want something that's beat to dirt, mm -hmm. but you want something that you can definitely add your own value to. Right. Because that way you can come negotiate a rent, you can negotiate annual escalation, you can go negotiate tenant improvement or rent concession, all these different factors. Mm -hmm. Also, I like to look at a factor of how long has this property been on the market for? Okay. Because obviously if it's just come on the market for about two, three months, the landlord's not really itching to sell it as opposed to a property that's been there for maybe a year or two or maybe even eight months. There's a lot more wiggle room because they're trying to get that place leased. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm talking about okay. so now that's why i say we put that number 25 dollars a square foot because ideally if you find a spot that's under 25 dollars a square foot there's more room to add improvement got you got you got you got you okay you said something just now. but wait there's more okay go 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 go, go crazy go crazy go crazy go <laughs> no but wait there's more so in addition to the square footage in addition to in addition to the the number right we right. also want to filter it out by what's the what's uh, i almost lost my train of thought you also want you want you also want to filter it by 
what's you also want to filter it by usage there we go so okay. usage because every single and this is this is a little bit more in depth Let's go. But what you're going to notice is that every single time uh, every single time you lease a property or every single time you you, harness, you get a building or whatever, there's something called a certificate of occupancy or a CFO, right? Okay. And on that CFO, essentially what it states, what the property could be used for, right? Office, medical, industrial, manufacturing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what you want to do is you want to limit the search query to retail, industrial, manufacturing, flex or even restaurant okay. because these are all similar usages that could be used for an open space got you you don't want to go and get an office space because it can't be used for the similar usage you, even some retail spaces you want to be very very careful because they might not be able to be transmitted over to a different usage right okay. and that's how we avoid getting around getting these heavy permits and variances because if you have to go and re-outfit an entire space for your usage that's going to be very very costly mm -hmm. as opposed to just finding a space that can be mirrored and used towards the next usage like say for example right my first location 1542 fulton street was um a dance studio okay so but we were using it as an event space a dance studio and event space are very very similar if somebody was to come in and they and i they said hey this is supposed to be a dance studio i could just say like all right cool sure yeah it is right right because what are you doing at an event space you dance right? right as opposed to somebody coming in and it used to be a medical office right, right? somebody comes in, in a medical office they see this event space now we have some problems so we always like to look for overlapping usages so again it's uh price per square footage it's usage and it's um and it's actual square footage. How do you get this the the certificate of obviously? How do you get that? Is that something you find online, or you have to get that directly from the landlord? How so that you typically get it directly from the landlord. Some landlords don't even have it. But if you want to be one hundred percent safe, you can go to your Department of Buildings. So right now you can go on nycdob.gov and you can find a copy of the Department of Buildings. I have had to actually personally go down to the Department of Buildings to see the CFO or see the floor plan for some of my spaces just to be sure. But again, you'll save yourself a lot of time, energy, and headache if you find a space that already has the existing usage or just has something that's very very similar got you got you got you got you okay now when it comes to the location as well because obviously you know location 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 does does relative businesses nearby matter when we're looking at an investment because you talked about you know less than four thousand square feet twenty five dollars per square foot usage does foot traffic in the area matter do other businesses that are also in the area matter when it comes to you know us choosing a potential location or not so much so yes but not for the reason that you might think Okay. Right. And, and this is this is gonna this is actually gonna like ruffle a little bit of feathers. Let's do it. But I actually don't care too much about location when it comes to my event space. Okay. And the reason because we market so heavily digitally, it really doesn't matter. We're isolating our venue to the point where other people aren't even noticing other venues in the area. So for example, my same first location was a basement. I had no foot traffic. Mm -hmm. Essentially, my second location was a second floor walk up. Again, I had no foot traffic. Mm -hmm. So what I had to do, I had to make sure that my digital presence was so so strong mm -hmm. that people would find us online and just weave themselves into our location right gotcha. i've had people literally like walk past our space for years and it's like i didn't even know this was here because mm -hmm. we had no foot traffic but they see our ad online mm -hmm. they see our posts online and they find us and that's something i preach in our program i'm just like hey look listen build up your online presence so strong harness your customers email and text message list that's a whole other thing that's a whole market well, we're gonna get to that we're gonna get to that we're gonna we'll, we'll get to that absolutely so it's just it's so important that i don't like I said, this this probably 
break a couple heads, but mm-hmm. we really don't focus that much on location. I'd rather focus on the premises itself. If the location, if the facility itself looks good to me, right. I don't care too much about the location. I've had spaces in literally the boondocks, the right. trenches, right. and it doesn't matter to me simply because I'm going to make it look so good and appealing. Mm-hmm. People are going to run from the hills to go and book my spot. Got you. Got you. Okay. So let's dive a little bit more into another aspect of the location, which is the landlord, right? Because subleasing, most people know it uh, uh, very popularly when we talk about like Airbnb and things like that, but I'm sure not every commercial landlord under the sun is too hot on, you know, uh, subleasing for event space uh, businesses and things like that. How can we as individuals that are looking to get in the space find landlords that are going to say yes to our event space business? Absolutely. So again, this is probably going to hurt a couple feelings, but you can't. You can't make a landlord say yes, Mm -hmm. right? If a landlord is 100% against the business, they're 100% against the business. Now, you can persuade them Mm -hmm. and you can alleviate their fears and you can overcome their objections, Mm -hmm. right? So the way we do this is something that I've coined called the four O's, right? Number one being on top of, uh, uh, on top of liquor, right? A lot of times people think that they need alcohol in their event space to sell their event space. That's not true. We actually don't allow alcohol in our premises unless the client brings a one day permit. Mm. Number two is on top of license uh, of license and insurance. Mm. So that means you want to have your LLC. You want to have your, you properly set up your business entity and we use LLCmetoday.com to go and do that. Okay. So properly, set up your business entity so it's separate from your own personal identity. You're mm-hmm. thinking of what I'm putting down? I am. And then the next thing is obviously have insurance. Like, it's absolutely imperative that you have business insurance before leasing a space because if somebody, God forbid, has a slip and fall, somebody, God forbid, slips on some ice or whatever, you can be personally liable. So you 100% want to have insurance. The third thing is you want to have on-site security, right? And I know a lot of people try to kind of cheap out of this expense and I would highly recommend that you don't do that because the thing about it is that security is there to not necessarily prevent something but to be a deterrent okay when people see security on premises for our event spaces they're a lot less likely to act up they're a lot less likely to be smoking inside the hall fighting carrying on doing all this extra stuff right Mm. so and then the last one is is cutting off at a certain hour right Mm -hmm. so we don't we only go up to midnight Mm. We don't do two, three, four, five, six o'clock in the morning, and that's because that's the time when the freaks come out at night. Well, goodness gracious, you know what I'm this, saying. This is a family show. We know worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> because the thing about it is that people tend to act up after a certain time and right. just take it from somebody who's seen over three thousand events. Right. We've known noticed that. All right, cool. Parties that want to go this late, respectfully, not everything falls in the same category. Mm-hmm. Not every party. Obviously, if you have like a fiftieth, sixtieth, and you know Caribbean people, they generally just want to go a little bit later. Nothing shot, really going to happen. Shot to fire. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But, but, you yes, feel what I'm yes. saying? Like uh, those probably don't have anything to worry about. But for the vast majority, again, that 80-20 parties that want to go late, they're usually some trouble. So we just cut all that off and we completely obliterate that. But just only going up until midnight. Got you. And then you were uh, to dive a little bit more to the paperwork because you talked about insurance permits, things like that. What licensing and things like that do we need for an event space business? Absolutely. So these are not necessarily ones that you need, but that you might come across. So number one is a construction permit. Every time you want to do construction in your event space, you need a construction permit. You get that from the Department of Buildings. Typically, you pull that with an architect. So say, for example, you wanted to completely outfit a spot. And let's say you wanted to completely demolish it, rebuild it from top to bottom, right? Bottom to top. You would go to an architect. Mm-hmm. You would have them outfit plans. The, they Those plans would go to a GC or a general contractor and then they would build out the space in accordance with those plans and variances. Okay. Right. Number two is a temporary place of assembly or a PA, TPA. What that essentially does is remember we were talking about that CFO. Mm-hmm. 
if that CFO is going to tell you how many people you can have in your premises, right? So say, for example, that CFO says, hey, one, two, three Main Street can only have up to 40 people, only have up to 50 people, right? Mm -hmm. With that place of assembly license, essentially what happens is that the fire department comes out, make sure you're clear, make sure you have your sprinkler system, make sure you have your emergency exits, whatever the case may be. All right, cool. One, two, three Main Street can now have up to 80 people, 100 people, 120 people, right? Mm -hmm. And then the third one's a liquor license, right? The liquor license you get from the state liquor authority, right? That's, again, if you want to serve or sell alcohol. Now, this trips up a lot of people because they think it's only for selling alcohol. Mm-hmm. It's to serve or sell alcohol in a commercial establishment. So you mm-hmm. want to get that liquor license unless you have your client go and get a one-day permit. Got you. Another thing, because I, I did my research. You know what I'm saying? I did, I did, I did, I did some looking around. Let's talk about, you, you touched on it earlier. How do we how do we leverage, I think it's called rent concession. Absolutely. Talk a little bit about that and how we can use that to our advantage as well. Yeah, absolutely. So that ties back into not getting turnkey spaces, right? Because think about it like this. If a landlord has a... So first, let me explain what rent concession is. Please. Rent concession is essentially when the landlord omits your rent for a few months mm-hmm. so that you can use that time to go and build out. Essentially, you save that money off the rent so you can turn around and build out the space. Okay. Right? So... What that ties back into, like I mentioned before, is turnkey spaces. Obviously, if I have a space that's completely built out, don't have to do any work, why am I going to give you rent concession, right? As opposed to if I come in, all right, cool, I got to redo the floors, I got to do the lighting, I got to do the walls, whatever case may be. The landlord is a lot more likely to say, hey, all right, cool, I completely understand. You got to put X amount of work into it. Take two, three months rent concession, a.k.a. free rent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's how that ties in and that's how you get it approved. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, well, this is getting good. This is getting good. Let me sit up. All is right. it? Oh, it's getting, it's getting spicy. Listen, okay. We can get spicier. Let's go. Let's do it. I Okay, let's talk about, because you touched on it earlier. Let's say I I've ha- I have the location. I'm ready to rock and roll. Because you know there's some people that, you know, for them, they're, they're going to create objection after objection as to why they can't get into this business. And you know it better than I do. The financing, you talked about it earlier. Let's say I'm like, man, I want to get into an event space, but I have no money. Right. You touched a little bit on it. What are some different financing options I could look into to get uh, get my get my uh, event space business off the ground? Absolutely. So, number one, everybody knows that funding and financing starts with credit. Okay. So if you don't know what your credit score is or you don't know what your credit report looks like, start there. You can go to IdentityIQ.com, MyScoreIQ.com, mm-hmm. get a copy of your credit report. Right. Okay. And now, when it comes to that, I ideally I know a lot of people talk about banks. I know a lot of people talk about the different ba- the, the different banks. You could go get no doc loan, whatever case may be. I love credit cards. Okay. I started in credit cards. I live by credit cards. I love credit cards because think about it like this. You can go and take out a $40,000 loan from Navy Federal. On the first of the month, you got to pay that back. Fact. You get a 0% interest credit card from the day that starts. You're not paying any interest until another 12 to 18 months. God is means good. you can fumble, flip the bag, fumble it again, flip it one more time, and you still don't have to pay that back until 365 days from now. Mm-hmm. So me personally, the entire play that I would run and that what I would suggest to my students in our program is that, look, go pull a copy of your credit report from those two websites that I just mentioned, MyScoreIQ and IdentityIQ.com, right? See each of the bureaus what you're looking like, right? Five, credit breaks into five factors, inquiries, late payments, age of history, utilization, mix of credit, right? Boom. Build up each of those, right? Now what you want to do, now say, for example, your utilization is low, this is a little, this is a little, Come so on. first and foremost, you can use a website like kickoff.com, K-I-K-O-F-F.com. Now kickoff.com, what it does is it puts a $750 line of credit on your credit report mm-hmm. that you can only use to get their services, but you're not, the idea is not to purchase anything, right? Mm-hmm. The idea is to decrease your utilization because there's only two ways to decrease utilization, make, have a higher limit or decrease your spending, right? right. So you can use kickoff to, to essentially increase your credit limit, right? Or another thing we do, and of course, this is more along the lines of, I guess, the unethical ways is you can actually 
actually hide your utilization. Now, this is a play that I don't talk about too much simply because it's a very, very dangerous play. Okay. But when it comes down to hiding utilization, essentially what you're doing is you're having two credit cards. Now, let's say for this scenario, you have an American Express Platinum and a Chase Inc. Unlimited. What you're going to go ahead and do is you're going to change the date, the due date of each of those credit cards, right? So my Chase Inc., let's say it's due on the 1st now. My Amex Platinum now, it's due on the 15th. Mm-hmm. So essentially what that does is that changes your statement date, your reporting date, right? Fact. That's the date where they actually tell the creditors, hey, Marvin owes this much money to us. Right. This is his utilization, right? So now that you've changed the Chase Inc. to the 1st, now your reporting date is probably around the 5th or the 6th. Now that your American Express Platinum is on the 15th, now your reporting date is probably on the 22nd and 23rd. So essentially what you're going to do here is when it comes around to that 1st of the month to pay that Chase Inc. Unlimited, you're going to liquidate that American Express Platinum, take the money off that card, and you're going to pay off that Chase. Now you've just brought your utilization down to zero. Mm-hmm. Now when that and when now with that reporting day has passed, that 56 days passed, and it's the coming up for the American Express Platinum, you're going to liquidate that Chase Inc., and you're going to bring that money back and pay off the American Express Platinum, essentially hiding utilization on both cards. Mm-hmm. So now you've... <laughs> I'll smack your mic down right now. Keep going, keep going, Yo, keep going. So now you've, just, that, you've taken care of utilization, right? When it comes down to credit mix, I know a lot of people talk about credit mix. Oh, my God, I don't have enough. And what, uh, what credit mix essentially is, is because I've seen some people say, oh, I have an 850 credit score. Why am I still getting denied? Mm-hmm. It's not so much of the credit score. It's more so the credit file or the credit report. Because That's a fact. if I don't see that you've been responsible with money before, why would I lend to you? So right. things of like a credit mix, right? If you want to build up your credit mix, you can actually go to Navy Federal, get a pledge loan. Mm-hmm. Essentially what a pledge loan is is that you're pledging some sort of collateral, like your car, your house, or whatever. Say, for example, my car is worth $10,000. I'll pledge it. They'll give you a loan against the against the equity in the car, mm-hmm. right? What you want to do, though, is you take that money and you pay back 95% of it. Mm-hmm. So now you have a 95% paid up loan reflecting on your credit report, there right? Inquiries, everybody knows how to get inquiries. I'll call the bank, call up Equifax. You can literally go on Experian.com right now and take it off, right? We're not going to even spend too much time on that, right? So then you start chipping away these five factors of your credit, right? So now I have my Experian, my Equifax, and my TransUnion. Essentially, what you're going to do is you're going to pull up a credit card that pulls from each bureau. Mm-hmm. For example, Chase pulls from Experian. American Express, they pull from TransUnion. They also pull from Experian as well, though a lot of people don't know that. But say, for example, I wanted a bank that only pulled from TransUnion, I might get a Barclays Aviator credit card, right? Mm-hmm. If I want to do an Equifax, that might be a City Premier. Mm-hmm. And essentially what I'm doing, again, this might be a little bit frowned upon, but we're going to talk about it anyway. You want to open up three tabs. You're going to have them all apply at the same time. Why? Because you don't want the inquiries to catch up to each other. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to now that I've built out my credit report, I have these three banks in front of me. I'm going to apply for each credit card, right? Mm-hmm. And now you can essentially get 10000 10000 10000 15000 15000 15000 Now, the biggest thing here to understand is that typically credit cards mirror other credit cards in banks. So if you have fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 lines of credit on credit card one, the other two credit cards are most likely going to give you fifteen dollars to $20,000 credit lines. So if I got approved for that first credit card for $10,000, you just tripled up and got $30,000. Mm-hmm. So now with that 30000 right, what we're going to do is we're going to go and liquidate the money again with the methods that we spoke about before plastic the visa debit cards the season stripe account whatever Mm. the case may be just for those who's a little late and they tapping in now right Mm. so now what we're going to do is we're going to split that money we got thirty thousand dollars we're going to split that money fifteen thousand dollars goes towards the moving cost fifteen thousand dollars goes towards our minimum viable product build out now you just have an event space free of charge this episode of the marvin francois show is sponsored by takeoff financial do you have bad credit 
but are you looking to get it restored? Then look no further than my credit restoration company, Takeoff Financial, where we specialize in removing late payments, charge-offs, collections, repossessions, evictions, and so much more. All you have to do is head over to TakeoffFinancial.com. I repeat, that's TakeoffFinancial.com, where you can book a free consultation with one of our credit experts so that we can help you get one step closer to your credit goals. That's TakeoffFinancial.com. Let's help get your credit score to the moon. But back to the episode. You won't make me sweat. (laughs) (laughs) This man did not come to play. This is... Okay, this is getting this is getting good. This is getting good. This is, is getting it? good. This is getting good. I could get spicier. Good. Let's go. We we just getting started. Let's 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 go back. So we have the money. We have mm-hmm. the location. You talked about it earlier, right? If I have I have the money, I have the location. I'm ready to rock and roll with my event space. I want to structure this business in a way to where because we hear people talk about it all the time. Work on the business, not in the business, Absolutely. right? Now, obviously, you and I know there's a sp- there's a, a phase where you have to work in the business 100%. before you work on the business. Talk a little bit about the the structure of this business, right? Once we have the financing, once we have the location, um, you, you you started diving into it a little bit uh, earlier. But from the staffing, the systems, some of the different programs that we can put in place to where we can make this business run. Talk Absolutely, about that. Absolutely, yeah. So the thing I love about event spaces versus other forms of real estate, like you know, single family investing, flipping, commercial properties, things like that, is that in essence, the building, the the business is very, very low maintenance. Mm-hmm. Very, very low maintenance. I mean, think about it like this. You have a big open space. Somebody wants it to rent it out for a party. How much work is really involved? Hey, I want to book your space. Cool. This is where you pay. Hey, I just opened up the door. Hey, you just close the door. There's not really much maintenance involved. Once you the property is maintained and it's clean, there's really not much left to it, which is why I love event space. And we can we can get... <laughs> We're going to get into a little bit about how you can, it doesn't stop at the event space. And we can actually get about five, six, seven streams of income from that one event space. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But you asked me about staffing. So essentially what your dream team staffing is going to look like when you're starting out, like you mentioned, which you've already alluded to, is that when you're first starting in that business, you want to be in the business because you want to learn the business. You can't delegate what you've never done. Facts. Say that again. Say that again. You cannot delegate what you've never done. Truth. Keep going. Keep you feel going. what I'm saying? So now, right, the first thing is obviously the marketing. You're going to list your spaces on PeerSpace, Splacer, and Gigster.com to start getting that initial traction. Say those three one more time. PeerSpace.com, Splacer.com, and Gigster.com. Okay. You're going to list your space on those three websites to start building up some traction, right? Now, I'm giving y'all my lethal plays right now, so please use with caution. Come on now. Once you do that, you also want to build up an Instagram and a website. Instagram is free. You can get a free website on Google Sites, right? Mm-hmm. You can get somebody on fiverr to build out your entire website for a hundred dollars literally i've done it so now what you have is you have your online presence right now what you want to also do is you want to research your hashtags you go on hashtag generator there's a ton of them on google find out all the related hashtags right and you're going to start posting with those right Mm -hmm. that's your organic feed right Mm -hmm. ideally what you want to do is you're just building up a funnel so you're having all this traffic coming in from PeerSpace, all this traffic coming in from Splacer, all this traffic coming in from Gigster and Instagram onto your page. So mm-hmm. all they're all calling. If you want, you want to have a separate business number too. I almost forgot to mention this. Okay. You can get one on Dialpad.com, D-I-A-L-P-A-D.com, okay. Dialpad.com. Make sure you get a one eight hundred number. It's going to help you with your funding, right? So now, all that traffic is going to the space. So now the number one task you have to do is sell, right? That's the number like. Above everything else, I'm reading this book right now called Ready, Fire, Aim by Michael Masterson. When, when you're trying to get that first million, your number one job is to sell. 
Don't worry about getting the fancy business cards. Don't worry about getting the fancy LLC. Don't worry about doing all this stuff that really does not make a difference and does not move the wheel. Your job is to sell. Mm -hmm. So now you're selling your space. You're answering all those inquiries yourself. Why? Because you cannot delegate what you've never done. So you're selling your space. You're hitting up all these inquiries. You're answering all these people. You're getting those dates booked out, right? So now all these dates are getting booked out. The number one thing is cleaning and maintenance. So now what you're going to have is you're going to have a clean person and you want to get this person salaried as quickly as possible. Ideally, we pay our cleaning people about $75 a cleaning, right? Not bad when you're charging $1,000 a night. Pretty good money. This is great money. Pretty decent Yeah, it's great. Pretty good money. So now you have a cleaning person. You also want, ideally want to get a ma uh, maintenance person to come in about one to two times a month just to kind of spruce up the sheetrock, the painting, the flooring, the spackle, whatever the case may be, right? Now you want to move into your, uh, we could talk about this in a little bit, but your rentals. And that's when you have the rental team. But ideally when you're just doing the space, you only have just you and a cleaning person. That's it. That's that's all you need. Me, cleaning person. You and a cleaning person. That's all you need. And sorry, and security. Security. Got security. You. And okay. when you really start to ramp up, when you really start to ramp up, the next logical person that you want to get is called an event attendant. What the event attendant does is that they stay on premises throughout the event to make sure that everything is going smooth. And that's how you really automate your business because that's what changed the game for me because now I don't have to worry because let's face the facts, right? When you're dealing with customers, there's going to be – you can't dummy-proof everything. You facts. can – add as many labels and stickers, whatever. Sometimes they, they just want to get a question answered right then. How do I find the remote for the AC? How do I turn on the light? How do I wear the up lights? All right. this stuff. So now you have an, a person on premises called an events attendant who's taking care of all that for you, right? Mm -hmm. Next, after that, when you want to start, this is when you start automating it and you want to start taking yourselves out the business. Then you want to get an, a VA. You can get a VA from onlinejobs.ph to go and handle all those inquiries for you. You can literally, I ran my event space with literally myself and one VA for two years, $3 million, right? So now what it's, and it's, it's that's why I say this business is so low maintenance. Like mm -hmm. I can't speak on, I mean, I can speak on other forms of real estate, but I love event spaces because they're so low maintenance and there's so many ways to make money with them. Mm -hmm. So when you're coming off of that, then after you get the VA, you want to get somebody called an open house attendant. Now that this open house attendant is doing is they're taking care of all the open houses. They're showing the spaces. They're essentially making you all the money. Mm. And then eventually when you get real gangster with it, you can just outsource everything to a full-time manager. And now you're just kicking breeze. Kicking breeze. Goodness gracious. Okay. 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 This is getting good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so we have the staff and we have the structure. One thing I didn't ask about er earlier in terms of like the, does aesthetic matter? Like, what are what is the from the renovation inside? Because like you said, we don't want turnkey. We want it. We want it bus up. We want it broken down to where we could dress it up. Right? <laughs> not too bus up. No, not too bus up. But just a li little bit bus up. So now, <laughs> when we get the event space and we're we're kind of like renovating it and getting getting it kind of set up, aesthetic wise, does it matter? Like, do we need like gold golden chandeliers? Absolutely from the not. Absolutely right, break, not. Break. Talk about that. So ideally, you want an all white canvas. Why? Because it can go with any theme. Imagine okay. you want to have a baby shower for a boy and you're walking into a venue and it's pink. Yes, it's this game. Pocky you done. want <laughs> you want an all-white canvas because it's just it it can go with any theme. It can mm -hmm. go with any decor. And it just honestly looks the best. It's a nice clean venue, mm -hmm. right? We typically do uh ceramic or porcelain tile. For the floor. Um, for the floor. Okay. Absolutely. Uh white, uh damn, I, it's like white Carrera or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then lighting system, drop ceiling, drop lighting. You can definitely add some chandeliers. I wouldn't go too crazy and spend too much money. You can get some really, really nice chandeliers from Amazon for about $180 mm -hmm. a pop. Mm -hmm. That's why I say I really live and breathe minimum viable product because you can really make a 
very, very affordable venue go a long way. Mm, okay, okay, okay. So now another thing too, right? We 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 we're we're getting we got the staffing together, we got the finance together, got the location together. We're really building this thing out. When you get your venue, just holla at me. You know what I'm <laughs> B- Billionaire B. Just watch this podcast. Just watch the podcast. Billionaire B. Okay. So we got all that together. Let's talk about the most important part of the business, the client, the customer, right? Absolutely. For for you personally in your event spaces, because right now you have how many? Two. Two two event spaces. So do you because one of the more famous famous things you hear in entrepreneurship is if you're selling to everyone, you're selling to no one. Do you have an ideal client that 100%. you look at, or are you like anybody who wants to come on down to? Absolutely not. No. So what what does your ideal client look like? So I I ideally frame my ideal clientele in our rules and policies, and okay. a lot of people don't realize that, right? Think about it like this: if I'm not allowing you to bring alcohol to anybody, if I'm not allowing you to go past midnight, if I'm requiring that you have security, if I'm requiring that you have insurance, I'm getting a very, very, very savvy type of clientele. I'm not getting any who shot John. I'm not getting anybody under the sun who wants to just book a party, right? I'm getting some people who want to have a nice, clean family event and go home, mm. and which is why I love baby showers. Like I, lo- I would take a baby shower. 10 times in the week, twice on Tuesdays, because I know exactly what they want. They're going to come in 3 to 11 o'clock. Moms want to leave by 10 o'clock because her feet hurt. Dad's upset because he got to bring all the gifts home. Like, they just want to go have open up some gifts, pop a little buzz bubbly, and mm-hmm. get out. That's mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. So my ideal clientele is typically baby showers, kids' parties, wedding receptions, because they're just very, very low maintenance. It's typically a lot more classy folk. Mm, okay. Another thing is, and this is kind of like a side question, are there like niches in the event space? And the reason why I ask that is because I, I knew I know an event space spot in Canarsie and they did something that was interesting. Last summer, they rented their entire event space out during the day for the entire summer to like a summer camp. So like they, they ran like an entire summer camp out of that that space. I know I've seen different event spaces where they have it for like churches and yeah. other people where they do, like you said, daycares. Yeah. The more popular thing is like baby showers and graduation parties. I've even seen people do you know, receptions for funerals and things yeah. like that. So are there like niches in the event space where it's like, yo, we only do this type of event? Right. So what you're describing, honestly, it's it's not niching down. That's the play. Okay. It's not niching down at all. That's the play. Because the thing about it is that if I'm booking and I'm paying rent for 30 out of 30 days in the month, but I'm only renting it out on weekends, what happens during those weekdays? Mm-hmm. Right? So the essential play is you want to get a church in there. You want to get a daycare center in there. You want to get fitness trainers in there. You want to get dance classes in there. Really? You want to get camps in there. You want to get schools in there. Because think about it like this. I had a dance class paying me $450 a week to use my space two times a week. I had a church paying me $1,800 a month to only use my space every single Sunday. I had another church paying me $400 every single Sunday. Mm. I had another church paying me $350 every single Sunday. Mm. So think about it like this. This person, this extra vendor can literally be offsetting your rent by anywhere from 33 to 50% mm. just by using your space during the time that you're not utilizing it. So that camp, we welcome you with open arms because mm-hmm. you're going to pay half my rent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. We hear you talking about all these numbers, Billionaire B. We hear you talking about all the success that you've had in the space. But I'm sure it wasn't always like this, right? I'm, I'm sure. sure. What were some of the big beginner mistakes that you made early on where you're looking back and like, damn, that that was really, really bad that I guess other people who are coming to the space can kind of learn from so that they can make sure they avoid? Dude, the number one mistake that I made in my business was not getting a mentor. But to be honest, it wasn't my fault because there was nobody offering mentorship. 
here in New York, it's very, very crabs in a barrel. Okay. And a lot of people just do, like they feel that if they help you, you're gonna get over on me. Okay. They like there. I would reach out to so many other event space owners. Like, hey, uh, do you have a contract that I can borrow? Hey, how do you price your events? And nobody was giving out this information, so I had to bump my head along the road because nobody was helping. Which is why, literally, I feel that personally. Like sometimes, damn mentorship, a goddamn scam because people are paying. Me, like 10, 20, 30,000, whatever the case may be, or whatever the number is at the time, mm. to go and learn and save from all those mistakes. I had a girl DM me. She was just like, yo, I don't know how to get permits and what. I'm looking at spending 100K in permits. And right away, I'm just like, 100K in permits? Like, that, right. that doesn't sound right at all. Right. But the thing about it is she's going to go and make the mistake and spend $100,000 in permits as opposed to just making the sound decision of investing in somebody who's already done it time and time and time again. Mm -hmm. And which is why, and I don't want to get too political, but which is why I really don't feel sorry for certain people, especially in the black African-American community, because a lot of people don't feel like mentorship is important. Mm -hmm. I've invested personally over $220,000 in 2022 in my personal development. It has made me millions, mm -hmm. but a lot of people will not get to the next level simply because they're so tight-fisted with money. Money is like energy. Mm -hmm. If you keep a close grab on it and you don't let it go, it can't come back to you. Mm. But if you release it into the air, it can always come back to you. Mm -hmm. So that's why I never feel. And that's honestly why I personally feel like so many people, especially in our community, are down mm. because they just don't believe in getting to the next level. They think everything's a scam. If you think about scams because you're still confused about money. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Okay. That was the number one mistake. And honestly, that just trickled down to everything else because I didn't know how to handle other situations when my air conditions broke down, when my sewers backed up, I had to literally figure out everything myself. I couldn't call upon nobody else because I didn't have anybody in my corner who's already walked the path. Right, right, right. You picking up one point now? I'm picking up what you're putting down. So mentorship, just really... That, that's the that's the answer, and that's the golden key, and I feel like you should honestly have a mentor for every part of your life. I actually just recently hired a therapist mm. because we're taking care of our wealth, we're taking care of our health, but we're not taking care of our mental health, and it, honestly, it was the best decision ever because I just, I feel like I unlocked parts of myself that I just never even considered before. How do you feel like that's helped you within your entrepreneurial? Have you started seeing the, the therapist net yet, or no? We've only had two sessions. Okay, so how do you feel like that's? Have you already so, or have you already started to see how that's come into play with you know everything you're doing, just on a personal and on the entrepreneurial side? Absolutely, side? absolutely. Because a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we run into something called creative block. Talk about that. So what creative block essentially is, is that your brain just can't process to get past certain objections and certain obstacles, right? Like you might be thinking like, oh, I don't know how to handle this cu this particular customer. I don't know how to handle this particular cu uh, this particular situation. I don't know how to get past this particular monetary goal. And you just keep hitting this block, hitting this block, hitting this block. A lot of times it's, it, it's, it's just one tweak. Or a lot of times it's just we need to rewire our brains to think about something at a different level. You're looking at it top to bottom instead of looking at it from bottom to top instead of looking from side to side. So what the therapist has allowed me to do is just kind of rewire my thinking, look at things in a different way. For example, right? I have a huge problem. I It's not an imposter syndrome, but I, and this is just me being very, very transparent. I have like a crippling of insecurity of me thinking that I'm better than everybody. Okay. So when I, when I see somebody doing something or having more success than me, inadvertently, I understand that they have to be better at the game in some way, shape, or form than me. But I'm like, they can't be that much smarter than me. They can't be doing this much better. You bleed the same blood as I do. You can't be that much smarter than me. Right. right? So we tried to unpack that with my therapy. And the reason what we noticed a lot about the way I think is that I kind of resort to just kind of putting myself down like, yo, like, like, dude, like you're stupid. Like you gotta, you gotta be doing, you gotta be figuring this out. Like what the hell they're not, they're not that much better than you kind of like, bam, bam, bam. Right. Mm -hmm. As opposed to looking at it on the flip side where you are doing something right. So why don't you focus on what you're doing? Right. Why don't you amplify what you're doing? Right. And help you 
unpack everything that you're doing wrong. Mm. And it flipped the switch for me because now instead of kind of beating myself down for getting the wrong answers, I'm looking at the right answers, boosting my self-ego about it. Not that that's what it's about, but boosting my ego to the point where I'm motivated to figure out the answer for everything else. Mm. And, and not only that, but have more patience in the businesses that I'm running. Because a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we want instant gratification. We want to do this now. We want to do this now. We want to do this now. But now that I realize and I'm self-aware enough to see that, all right, cool. I've gotten this far, not because I'm stupid, but because I'm doing something right. Let me take the time to unpack this so I can reverse engineer everything I'm doing wrong and flip it on its head and go to the next level. Big enough one point down. I got you. Interesting. Damn. That but got I got that through therapy. Right, right, right. I feel, I don't know. I feel like there's a stigma around therapy. I never thought, dude, for you, from your personal experience, do you think that everyone should look into therapy or is that just something for you personally that you were like, nah, I needed to take that step for me? I think that everybody should have a coach for every part of their life that they take seriously. Like if you're in a relationship, get a relationship coach. If you're going to the gym, get a fitness coach. I, I highly recommend finding somebody who's better than you in some way, shape or form to help you get there faster. Not that you're not going to do it on your own, right. but to help you get there faster. Therapy was a personal decision for me. And I do understand that stigma because it's just like, oh, if you have to go to therapy, like what's wrong with you? Right. But I think it's there's different kinds of therapy. Like, I found a therapist who works with entrepreneurs and executives. I'm not going to, like, random therapist who's never done that. I want somebody who, because we don't get, it's not like I talk to my therapist. She's just like, yeah, you know, go for a walk on the beach. Like, no, we don't talk about that. We talk about, like, cognitive remedies. We talk about, like, unpacking certain frameworks in my mind. Why are you getting this roadblock? Let's reverse engineer that. And above everything else, she just gives me the outlet to outwardly talk through certain things which a lot of times is really just all we need mm. you know what i'm saying i feel you interesting well okay damn so going in going <laughs> that messed him up <laughs> just messed, I, I was not did not i'm gonna look into that that's that but I, no i definitely do agree with you when you talked about you know just having a coach for every single space of your life and like you said i'm sure you now ha being in the space as long as you've been you've been able to take that same you know, a lot of the experiences and hiccups and things like that you've had and be that coach and be that mentor for other people looking to get, you know, into the event space circle as well. Do you see yourself staying in this? Like, is there an exit strategy for you when it comes to just being in the event space business? Or are you kind of just like, no, I'm doing this for life. So my end goal is really a McDonald's model. Franchising. So ideally... Not necessarily. Okay. So ideally what I want to do is because I don't want to do franchise because I want to give all my students and everybody who comes in the opportunity to express themselves, okay. right? So essentially what I'd like to do is own a plethora of commercial property mm -hmm. and just have percentage leases with all my students and mentees. So what we have in our program is we have a award system where they get an award, like a solid plaque mm -hmm. for, and I actually just gave out a few at my last networking event for $25,000 a month, $50,000 a month, and $100,000 a month. Mm -hmm. There's an end goal with this because the thing about it is I want everybody who comes into our program to strive for these numbers. Mm -hmm. So now I'm looking at it like, all right, cool. Hmm. I have a really strong mentee in Atlanta. Atlanta is a really hot market. I'm going to go buy and strategically place a building in the Atlanta and I'm going to have them run it. Mm. So now we are essentially getting a kickback on that money and I don't have anything to do with it. I'm just a landlord and I'm getting a piece of that. So as you grow, because you're one of my top students and you're going to grow, we're going to grow too.
So it's just a way everything in our program is set to empower our students, right? right? I give them everything, all the banks, all the resources, all the funding plays. Even in our mentorship, we find you a space. Mm. We repair your credit. We find you the funding. I had a student who just joined last week. She just got $60,000 in funding. Crazy. Everything happens so fast mm. simply because that's the end goal. Mm. I want you to get there faster so you can make money a lot faster so we can eventually partner up and make money together. Easy. I love that. Goddamn. Okay. One of the things that that made me gravitate towards you when it came to being in this uh, the 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 event space goat as you call yourself the self acclaimed event space goat, I really love what you do with when it comes to marketing, right? And you touched talked a little bit about that. How can we leverage things like you know email and text message lists and things like that to really start getting building our clientele and building sales for our event space business once we get into it? Absolutely. So one thing I'll say for sure is if you're not keeping your clientele's email and phone number, you're losing thousands, if not millions of dollars every single year. Talk about why? That. Because the thing about it is that if you marketed and you spent the time investing in this clientele and you get that one sale, see, that's the problem with so many small business owners. They only look at that one initial kill. Mm. They don't look at the lifetime value. Mm. I want to be able, I have so many clients who have had when I tell you mom's 50th birthday, father's 50th birthday, their 35th, their son's 18th, their mm -hmm. granddaughter's first, their granddaughter's babe, like an entire lineage mm -hmm. would be at our venue. Mm -hmm. Why would I only settle for that small initial kill mm -hmm. when I can have the whole dinner? Right. And that's not necessarily what it's about. But you have to really start. If you want to build a million dollar company, you need to start looking at LTV, lifetime value. Mm -hmm. So essentially what we're doing is that we have our email list. We have thousands of people on our email and text list. I can send out one blast, touch three, four thousand people or whatever the case may be like that. And I just generated ten thousand dollars. And I tell you this because I've done this. Mm -hmm. Literally, we'll release a promo. We'll send out a blast. Hey, look, listen, we're doing this diff different promo. Immediately, the phone lines would blow up. Mm -hmm. If you're not keeping that information, how are you going to do that? So if somebody wants to go and build up their email list, you can use several different websites. For email, there's Active Campaign, there's Clavio, Constant Contact, MailChimp. For text, you have Textedly, Mobile Text Alerts, Twilio. Twilio is a little bit more complicated, but the yeah, first yeah, two yeah. are very, very simple. Right. So the idea is to simply start keeping their information. And one of the number one ways that we, when you have an event space and you want to really kickstart your list, mm -hmm. is to do a giveaway. Okay. So that's one of my number one strategies. What we do is we say, hey, look, listen, we're giving away a free date. I don't care about losing out on a $1,000 date because I'm going to have 50, 60 people joining that giveaway. Right. And half of them are going to go book event sometime in the future. I'm not worried about eating now. I'm worrying about eating forever. Mm, okay. 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 This is good. This is good. Okay. I know we have to get you out of here. I got one, I got one more. I got one more. <laughs> you talked earlier. I can get spicier. Let's do it. Let's go. You talked about the rental. I, th I think it was the 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 like love seats and things like that, like the furniture that comes with being in the oh man. Space. How can we monetize that beyond just because you know we have the space, but then you know you also have the people that want the pedestals and the love seats and the and the and the and the, and the, and the, the throw chairs or whatever it is called. How can we monetize that with dude? Them? Every event space owner should have at least five, six streams of income from that space. Break it down. The space is not enough, and it's never been enough. Okay. The space is the house. The space is the tree. Mm -hmm. You want to be planting all that fruit. So essentially what we're doing, like, say, for example, I want to go run it up crazy off my event space. So now we have our space, right? Now we're going to turn around. We're going to add the rentals, the love seats, the throne chairs, the pedestals, the backdrops, all that good stuff. So now I can have high income 
packages. Okay. I'm selling packages three, four, five thousand dollars. They were coming for a thousand dollar event, mm-hmm. but now they have a five thousand dollar bill mm. because they want to get the full decor. They want to get the flowers. They want to get the centerpiece. They want full decor. And which is why I always recommend every event space owner have at least three distinct packages: basic, premier, and deluxe. Okay. Right. Do it yourself. Done with you and done for you. Right. Mm. So now, on top of that, now we have the rentals. Now I can turn around. Say, for example, hmm. I want to go at an ATM because when people are going to go into the venue, they might need some money. They want to tip the bartender. They want to take out their shorty, whatever the case may be. So now I'm going to put an ATM on my venue. That's three streams of income. Now let's take things a step further. I'm going to go put a vending machine inside my venue. I'm going to cut out a little piece. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cut out a little cut, and I'm going to put a vending machine. But we're not putting snacks, bubble gun, and thin mints in there, right? We're going to go put bobby pins. We're going to go put okay. blistex. We're going to go put small deodorants and small colognes because when you go out to the spot, you want to spruce up a little bit, right? right? So I'm putting that in my vending machine. That's going to be a killer. That's already four. Now let's go get a go ahead and get a truck. Okay. We're going to get a Dodge Ram ProMaster $2,500. We're going to go get a loan from Bank of America where they lend you up to four cars off one inquiry, mm-hmm. right? Four, you 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 know about that, right? right. So now I'm going to go get a loan like that and I'm going to put $5,000 on a Dodge Ram ProMaster 2500 It's about $36,000 for the car, right? Okay. So now what I'm going to go ahead and do is I'm going to say, hey, look, listen, you don't want to go rent a U-Haul, book this package, you can get our truck for only $150 for the day. Boom. Right there. Now you have five streams of income. Now you can also add packaging. Now you can also add decor services. Now you can also add moving services. Now you can also add black car service. Now you can also add luxury car. There's so many different ways. We have a $10,000 package that includes a luxury car escort. Like That's crazy. There's so many different ways you can do it. So many people stop at the one space. And the sad reality is 99% of event space owners don't make money. That's why, honestly, in our program, we don't even appeal to present event space owners because a lot of them make $5,000 and think that they're hot stuff. Mm -hmm. I want to get you before you get into the game so I can make sure that you're very profitable. Mm -hmm. I want you doing all these different streams of income. I want you making $25,000, $100,000 a month. Why? Because we could turn around and partner up later. Boom. There you go. Listen, I know we got to wrap this thing up. I know we got to get you out of here. As we begin to close out, let the people know where they can find you and let them know how they can tap into what you have going on. Yo, absolutely. You already know what it is. The Kid Billionaire B. You can find me on Instagram at Billionaire B. Um, we do a live masterclass. So I actually have a live masterclass coming up. You can go to myfirsteventspace.com mm. and you can register. Everybody who comes through Marvin Francois' podcast, I'm giving you a free spot. It's only 197 but everybody who comes through it. the podcast is it. literally getting it on the house. But you got to be there ASAP. I might do it for the first hundred people only. I'm not let's too do it. sure, but let's do it. Oh, first hundred people. First hundred. Alright, first hundred people. Let's go. I'll see if I extend it after that. But all you gotta do is go to myfirsteventspace.com and lock in your spot. Let's get it. Let's go. Let's go. Listen, I appreciate every single one of y'all for tapping into the podcast. And if you haven't already, take a second, take a minute, take an hour out of your day right here, right now. Just go ahead and slap that like button and show this video some love. I'm Marv Francois, Brian Waldron. Y'all have been good. We've been great. This has been amazing. As always, thank you and God bless. Peace.